the Start Your Own Business podcast. Hear inspiring startup stories and get reliable expert advice on how to start your business and get off to the best possible start. Brought to you by Startup Donut, helping small businesses succeed. Hello, I'm Chloe Thomas, your host. And in this third series of the Start Your Own Business podcast, you can get free practical advice from experts and small business owners that can help you to set up a new business and get off to a great start, saving you time and money along the way. Welcome. This episode is all about the saving you time piece. Yes, we are getting into how you can get more done each day when running your own small business. Our guest is bringing a huge number of different tips for helping you manage your time better and prioritize your work. She's bringing so much to this podcast episode. You are sure to get one or two ideas that are going to help you become more productive in your working day. And of course, that's a brilliant thing to do because it helps you on so many different levels. It helps you avoid stress, which means you can stay healthier. It helps improve your business finances because you're going to be working on the right thing. So it really is something it's worth spending a little bit of time learning about. And you're going to learn a lot in this episode. Now, before we meet our guest, do find out about the show sponsors Dell Technologies and how their technology solutions could help your business to become more productive, efficient, secure and successful. This series of the Start Your Own Business podcast is brought to you by Startup Donut in association with Dell Technologies. Did you know you can get even more out of Startup Donut with new exclusive benefits from Dell Technologies? Dell has what you need to start, scale and succeed, including end-to-end tech solutions to boost productivity and maximize security so you can focus on innovation. The Startup Donut partnership with Dell means you get top products at special prices and a personalized consultation from a dedicated tech advisor who will get to know the goals of your business. Are you ready to get growing? Find out more by emailing our Dell Small Business Association's UK representative at sbauk at dell.com. That's sbauk at dell.com. It's time now to introduce our expert, Claire Evans, leading time management expert and productivity coach. She's also the author of the best-selling book, Time Management for Dummies, and she's often quoted in the press and media as a time management expert. Claire works with individuals and hosts time management webinars and workshops. And in her capacity as a mentor for the Prince's Trust, she also helps young people who start their own business. Hello, Claire. Hi, Chloe. Great to have you here. Time management is certainly one of my favorite topics as a <laughs> definitely not a startup but someone who continues to have to try and work at it so i'm really pleased we've got an episode on this this subject today what is the penalty what happens if we don't work to manage our time effectively well if you're not managing your time you're likely to not be as productive not be as effective with the time that you've got it becomes pretty stressful. You can get really frustrated and feel overwhelmed if you're not organizing your time and end up focusing on the wrong things rather than the right things, especially when you're a startup business because there's so much to do. Is it more a case of focus than anything else and, and working out what we should be spending our time on rather than necessarily managing the time itself? 
Or is that too, too like big picture? (laughs) You can't really manage time. So, So it's how, it's the choices you make with the time that you've got and focusing on the right things and not falling into some of the sort of the bad habits that we get around either feeling overwhelmed or trying to do too much or reacting, being in reactive mode, which is another sort of consequence because you're always working on whatever's urgent rather than the more important things that maybe you should be focusing on and not planning out time. The the other, actually not planning out what it is that you're going to do with the time that you've got. That piece you said about saying yes to too many things is, I think, something a lot of startups do because they really they they think they have to say yes, and then they feel like they're not really sure what they should be saying yes to. Is that one of the biggest ones you find? Oh, definitely, and and I think we were all guilty of doing it, and I did it myself at the beginning. Is you don't want to miss out on clients, customers, money, opportunities that are coming up. So you sort of eagerly say yes to everything, especially when you're enthusiastic at the the beginning. And it's recognising what you need to be saying yes to and what you can actually start to say no to. So that is one of the sort of the big things that I work with and around is actually being able to say no, how to say no, when you need to say no, and understanding what you're saying yes and no to, because otherwise your time just does get sucked up with trying to do everything. It's, it's quite easy to find yourself doing things other people have asked of you to the detriment of your own health, your own business's success and so forth. Because when you said yes, it seemed like a good idea. And then you realise, oh no, <laughs> oh no. But that's certainly one of those things that we say yes, because... And there's a certain element of wanting the opportunity, especially with startup businesses, or wanting to sort of seem to be taking advantage of those opportunities or be helpful. And it might be out of interest. It might seem like a great idea, but then you realize how much time is actually involved. So there's definitely an element of don't say yes until you have a better understanding of what it is that you're saying yes to. And have you really got the time for that? And how does that fit in with your overall plan for the business and your goals and objectives? I mean, some of those opportunities can take you down a surprising route, which might actually be a really great opportunity, something you haven't really considered. And others might just be taking you off down a dead end or you're going off at a tangent from what you really want to be focused on. So you'd want to find out exactly what they're asking you to do not do you fancy doing some social for us but but actually the how many instagram posts which platforms when do you want them to go because I, I found that's certainly one of the ones i miss the most when someone's asked me to do something is what's the time frame on this and i might have said something yes to something and then six months later the deliverable is in and my focus has completely changed so is are those some things you'd be asking too yes definitely and it, that kind of comes in with the the delegation aspect of things where I have the sort of who, what, where, when and how. And those are sort of the questions that you want to be asking if you're asked to do a piece of work or an opportunity. So like with your example is, oh, can you do some social media for us? That could be absolutely anything from a couple of posts a day to a whole strategy or a sort of campaign and loads of different things going in. 
having gone through some of that pain myself. <laughs> and so there is <laughs> that sort of element of, well, yeah, actually, let's get clear and set the expectations or be really clear about what the objectives are and how much work is involved before you say yes. And you mentioned delegation there, which obviously our audience are those who've just in the startup process, they're maybe their first year in. So the chance of them having anyone to delegate to is fairly remote. But there are other ways of delegating other than to other human beings on our team, aren't there? There are. And delegation is one of those things. And, and yes, when you're a startup, you don't have the money and the resources. And that's one of the challenges with a startup is you're wearing so many different hats. You're trying to do everything from the sort of the, the accounting to the admin to the IT to the social media to, oh, I actually need to do the business stuff. So being able to focus on what are the tasks and the activities that are really going to make a difference. So I can't do everything. What am I going to focus on? Delegation these days, and certainly when I started, we didn't have the whole sort of virtual online resourcing environment that there is now. And it's getting your head around. It's worth investing in outsourcing or delegating to somebody else who can do that task quicker, who's got the experience and the knowledge and the expertise than you trying to do it yourself and taking twice as long, four times as long, which then stops you from doing the things that you need to be doing for running your business. So so there is that sort of investing in delegation and outsource. And the virtual resources that are out there, you can you're not having to take on a full-time employee into your business, but you can have somebody that can work a couple of hours a week, a couple of hours a day, a few hours on a specific project. There are those resources out there and it's worth tapping into that. Yeah. There, if there's something you're banging your head against a wall with, there's probably someone out there who will do it for a surprisingly small amount of money, still a very fair amount of money, I will just add, who's easy for you to get hold of and without any of those HR issues or payroll issues you've got. Something I find myself kind of delegating to quite often is software systems and um, processes like that. You know, the fact you can schedule an email send in Gmail is such a friend of mine because I can batch work and then, you know, send it all out and you can delegate to other software systems to automate things. Is that something you, you find is a good way of, of getting better time management in place too. Oh, definitely. And I, I, I love the technology aspect. And I worked in IT in previous life. So I'm, I quite like that aspect of it. And that's a, a great way of streamlining some of the tasks, automating the tasks, simplifying things to do that. And again, these days, there is so much out there that can help you with that. So the automation for calendaring, I've got an automated calendaring system, whereas before people would phone me up. I'd talk to them for a while, we'd find a time in the calendar, I'd then get them booked in. And then you'd have that sort of, I'd be emailing to and fro. Whereas now, because it's all online, people can book in time with me without me having to be connected with that. And email, again, that's a, a key time saver. And so many of the email systems have templates that you can use, which helps create the posts in the first place and setting up that sort of set it once and then it goes out in a repeating process. That was one of the things I t 
took up really early on, again, because I wanted to be in the online world, was that automating the whole emails going out. Yeah, it can be, you, you can save yourself so much time. It takes a little bit of time to get it set up. It does. But... And, and that's why it's worth investing that time because a lot of people will think, oh, I'm too busy to do that. I'll, I'll do it later when I've sort of got more time. But actually setting aside that time to set up some of these systems and processes will save you time in the longer term. So email is definitely one of those. Calendaring, if that's part of your, your business. The social media management, again, some of the tools out there that you can use to, to set things up, to automate things. And you mentioned earlier about getting making our time more organised, I think was the phrase you said. Apologies if I've, if I've misremembered. But how how do we go about doing that? You know, once once we've been a bit more efficient, we're saying yes to the right things, there's still some time management to do. That's essentially what I'm asking you, Claire. What else can we do once we've got our to-do list accurate? I think the key thing that you can do is to be aware of how much time you actually have available. And that can vary from business to business. And you can get caught up with the sort of the enthusiasm of starting up and end up working longer and longer hours, or you end up working longer hours in order to get everything done. So it's about prioritizing what's important, what's going to be your key focus, and which are the things you need to work on that are going to get you the results for your business or help to grow the business or take it forward quicker than trying to do everything and a lot of those little tasks. So the sort of business plan, the goals and objectives, planning is key with that, is having a plan, working your plan and sticking with the plan as you go through your day and not getting distracted. And then being able to prioritise what's important, what's less important. And I've heard a lot of people talk about things like diary blocking or understanding when you're best suited to do certain tasks and to focus on them at the right time of the day. You know, some people like morning, some people like after lunch and so forth. Is that something you'd recommend as a way to become, not necessarily do less time, but use your time more effectively? I love time blocking. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's definitely one. And I think pretty much every workshop seminar I do, I'm talking about time blocking as being part of that planning process. And also starting as you mean to go on to a certain extent is what would your ideal week look like in finding time for not only doing the business, but also all the other tasks that need to be done, which is where you can quickly identify, do I need to delegate or outsource or automate this process. So the admin and the marketing and have those blocks of time in your week so that you know when you can do those tasks. And yes, you you block out depending and people you can start blocking from the sort of the five minutes if you really want to get down to that, which will work in some situations down to the 30 minutes an hour is the more realistic but you might want to block out a couple of hours or a morning or an afternoon for some tasks. But actually allocating tasks to the time is going to be really helpful in helping you to be effective and also seeing how much time you've actually got. Because people have their to-do lists, it's all very well getting your to-do list in order, but then when you start to actually try and plug it into today, you suddenly realise I've got far too many tasks on this list and they don't fit into the time that's available. So you need to be more realistic and then prioritise. Yeah, I'd say as someone who's 
I've been in, been working for 20 years now. I've run businesses for 15 and I think I'm still on about a 50% hit rate of a to-do list that actually gets completed by the end of the day. But <laughs> so it's, it's constant constant process of optimization, isn't it? It is. And to that point, I mean with the the to-do lists and there's a sort of a distinction between the to-do list and what I would sort of say is more the action list. So an action list are the things you're actually going to act on in the day, whereas the to-do list tends to be the sort of A4 pad or the spreadsheet or the document, which you just keep adding things to. So it needs to be effective. And working out how long is each of the tasks that I've got on my list for today going to take and when am I going to do them? And as a general rule of thumb, I usually say don't have more than 10 items on that list somewhere between five and 10 is usually the optimum. And as you said, if you're only doing 50%, then only have that number, whatever that number might be, five, on your list for the following day until you either, so that you really then have to prioritize. You either then end up working more efficiently so you can actually do six or seven on a more consistent process, more consistent basis. Yeah, and it, it is that constant learning about how long is this going to take? What is actually feasible? Oops, I forgot I had five meetings. <laughs> and I set the same number of tasks as for the day when I had no meetings. But it, it is an endless process of optimization. Any time-saving tips, processes you'd like to additionally mention for the audience? Getting rid of your distractions and interruptions in the day, because that takes up a huge amount of time. So whether that's the external distractions of email notifications going off, the phone ringing, people coming around to your desk if you're working in an office, if anyone's working in an office these days, or just those sort of interruptions you get externally, as well as the sort of the internal distractions and interruptions we have when we're feeling bored, we're losing focus, we're going to raid the fridge because we're feeling hungry and don't want to work on whatever it is, is to reduce those because those really eat into the day. And you can end up, various surveys have sort of shown that you can end up wasting up to two hours a day just with all those distractions because you're constantly having to switch to deal with the interruption or the distraction. So reducing those by Focusing for short amounts of time, being clear about what you're working on and when, and working on it for that amount of time. And actually, just to the point that you were sort of saying about having a day full of meetings, is if you've got a day full of meetings, don't book in 10 tasks on your list. You can end up with what I call sort of, you can have a one one task day, or you might have a 15 task day if you haven't got anything on, you've got lots of little tasks. So part of the daily planning is that you're constantly sort of checking and adjusting depending on what type of day, week you've got planned out. Now, something, Claire, that I think is implicit in everything you've been advising us, but I think we should make explicit, is multitasking. I feel like you've been slowly, subtly moving us away from the idea we could do multiple things at once. Would you like to make that particularly clear for the audience, please? Our brains do not work on a multitasking basis, especially if we're sort of we're focused on something. So what you end up doing when you're multi multitasking is switching between one thing and the other. Yes, we can walk and talk. So there's certain functions that we can kind of multitask at. And it's very rarely a good idea 
So actually simplifying what it is that you're trying to do at that time, focusing on one thing at a time and setting time limits. Time limits can be really useful for that, avoiding multitasking and staying focused. So you have a sort of, I'm going to do this specific task for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 30 minutes, then I'm going to move on to the next thing. And if you are multitasking, you're less likely to be doing good work on the multiple things you're multitasking on. Yeah, it, it's. I just figured that was worth us making really clear for everybody. And, you know, when you're saying about setting those time limits and really focusing in until that alarm goes off as such, a lot of this is about working kind of smarter rather than harder and getting would that be true? There's a certain element of that because a lot of people will just sort of launch into their day and they'll be in reactive mode and just deal dealing with everything that comes up and then there's that sort of busy being busy. But there's also an element of focusing on the right things. So yes, we can work smarter, but you also need to be simplifying how much you're actually trying to get done. Because one of the issues that comes up with multitasking is you've got so many things on your list, you kind of feel you need to be spinning all those plates at the same time and switching from one to the other. And you kind of convince yourself that you're getting more done rather than looking at the, well, why am I trying to multitask on lots of different things and distracting myself in the process? And something I think comes out again of the various things you've been advising us on on in this episode is that there are... One of the reasons it's so hard, especially as a startup, to work out where you should and shouldn't be investing your time is because some things you need to get the inner perfectionist out and do really well because they're good investments in your time, like uh, you know setting up accounting systems, email flows, those things we talked about earlier on. But there are also things where we need to kind of chain the inner perfectionist to the wall and silence them so we can at least get something out there and happening. You know, the the whole the idea of that, you know, fail often, fail fast or creating just a minimum viable product to see how things go and not ticking all those boxes on day one. Have you got any tips for kind of managing that impressively conflicting mindset or idea there? I think having a post-it note written up by your desk saying, JFDI is <laughs> can be really helpful. Yeah. Google it, everyone, for the definition of that, because we're not reading it out on the podcast. <laughs> it, it really, you can, and perfectionism is a sort of a key excuse or reason that people will procrastinate or put things off is, and there's a, a fear element that comes in with that as well, is it needs to be perfect before it gets out there rather than, just do it, just get it out there and then see what happens because you rarely get something perfect first time. And also from a time perspective is investing an appropriate amount of time into that activity. So you don't need to spend an hour, two hours a day on something that really only warrants less time on it. Set a time limit, give yourself a deadline to complete something by and then just get that out and then see what happens. You'll get lots of feedback. You'll learn from that experience. And I've certainly done that. And perfectionism is, it was quite interesting when I sort of recognized that perfectionism is something that I tend to sort of fall into every now and then. I think having the support of various other groups, there are so many networks and business groups and donut groups out there that can help give you that confidence to actually just get something out there. It doesn't matter if you fail. 
you'll learn from that experience. And I think that's something that we are not allowed to do is to learn from failing. And you do learn so, and I failed enough in various aspects over the years in business. And most people have, most successful businesses have, but you learn and adapt and change. I, I love that advice to get it, get it good enough to share with your friends, your business networks, you know, see what they think before you invest another 10 hours on trying to make it perfect and then discover it was totally wrong. <laughs> you know, it's, that's a brilliant tip. Good. And I think that's something you can, as a startup, because you don't have that huge support network or a team of people around you, you can get stuck in your own little bubble of this is my business, this is what I'm doing, this is how it's going to work. And a lot of the the online groups and um, networks I've been part of can be really supportive in testing out your ideas, saying, and getting that other perspective on, well, what do you think about this? Or just being able to talk it through, because then you kind of work it out in your own mind about whether it's a good idea or not, or whether it needs to move forward. But ultimately, that sort of perfectionism that's holding you back, being able to say, you know what? I'm going to get it finished by the end of today and I'm going to send it in whatever form it's in. Because your idea of what's 100% perfect may be completely different from A, what's required, but also there's the sort of 80% may well be good enough for what you want. You don't need that nth degree. And that's what always takes the extra time is that additional 20%. So sort of the 80-20 Pareto principle comes into that then. Yeah. And um, Claire, we have covered so many tips for, uh, for getting more each day when running your startup business. But is there one thing, one key thing you want the listeners to take away from this episode? Make a plan. Make a plan, have a plan and work through your plan, whether that's for your business, for your day, for your week. But be flexible and learn as you move forward with that brilliant. It really does summarise everything we've been talking about and is that the heart of the matter too. Okay, Claire, before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know how they can find you and your business on the web, please? So if they want to get in touch and get more help with all of this, they know where to go. They can find my website is www.clareevans, that's Claire without an I, evans or one word, .co.uk. And there's lots of free resources and information on there, including a time quiz. And you can also connect with me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn. Excellent. Well, look, Claire, thank you so much for sharing so many tips with the audience. It's been lovely chatting with you. So thanks for being on the show. No, it's been great. Thank you for having me. Wow. A plethora of tips and ideas to help you improve on your time management activity and get fundamentally help you get more done each day when running your small business. So much in this, what, what would I pick out as being the three key ones? I think one which is particularly important when you're starting up is learning how to say no to things, including getting that clarity on what you're actually being asked before you agree to do it, both the stuff you do for free and the stuff um, you're going to get paid for. So make sure you know the what's, the when's, the who's and all of that. And don't be afraid to say no if it doesn't fit with and support your own business goals. Secondly, the distinction between an action list and a to-do list. So you don't have to put everything onto today's list. Have one master list of things that need doing and pull them off each day giving you a list of what is actually achievable in that day, which as I admitted, I'm not desperately great at doing still, but I'm a lot better at it now than I was 10 years ago. 
And then time blocking, finding what works for you. And there's a, there's a million different methods of doing the time blocking piece out there, but it's about making sure you're dividing your diary up to suit you and the things you really need to get done. You know, so whether that's having, you know, a a 20 minute sprint sessions with the alarm going off at the end so you can go and make yourself a cup of tea or whether it's knowing that you're going to keep Fridays for a specific job or something like that. Work out a method that works for you. Have a play around with it and um, you will find that enables you to get an awful lot more done as the days go on. Now we've covered a lot of ground in this episode in particular. So to help you, you can find the summary notes for this episode and links to more free resources by visiting startupdonut.co.uk forward slash podcast. That's donut spelt D-O-N-U-T. And there are lots of extra tips and tricks on time management there for you. That's it for series three. We've got through it all. We've given you all this great advice. Do go back and listen to series one and two, where we've covered a lot more topics for you. And make sure you're subscribed so you're among the first to know when series four goes live, because it's coming. To do that, either or potentially even both. Find Start Your Own Business on your podcast app of choice and hit the subscribe button. We recommend Apple Podcasts and Spotify for listening. And you can also head to startupdonut.co.uk forward slash newsletter to register to get updates by email. That's donut spelt D-O-N-U-T. And of course, if you sign up to the newsletter, you're going to get loads of great free business advice whilst you wait for Series 4 to go live. Finally, thanks to Dell Technologies for making this whole series possible. And don't forget to email them for your free consultation. Details coming up in a moment. Did you know you can get even more out of Startup Donuts with new exclusive benefits from Dell Technologies? Dell has what you need to start, scale and succeed, including end-to-end tech solutions to boost productivity and maximize security so you can focus on innovation. Our partnership with Dell means you get top products at special prices and a personalized consultation from a dedicated tech advisor who will get to know the goals of your business. Are you ready to get growing? Find out more by emailing our Dell Small Business Association's UK representative at sbauk at dell.com. That's sbauk at dell.com.